If you're looking for success in the vacation rental industry, Heather Bayer and the team at cottageblogger.com are here to show you that it's entirely within reach. Welcome to Vacation Rental Success, the show that features interviews with industry experts, successful vacation rental owners, and more, all geared toward helping you make it happen. Here's your host, Heather Bayer. Hello again, and welcome to another episode of Vacation Rental Success. And what else can I talk about today but the Vacation Rental Success Summit, which we just wrapped up on um, on Sunday evening. And for those of you who are listening who were there, I think you will agree with me that it was a pretty outstanding weekend. I don't really know what else to say about it. It, it certainly went, went beyond my expectations of how good it was going to be. The venue was fantastic. It was, I, th- I think really the venue made it, as did the attendees, because I have never seen, I've never been in a group of such motivated, enthusiastic, passionate people. I was sitting at the, at the in the dining hall on Sunday lunchtime and just looking around at everybody else who was sitting around in just such deep conversation, little knots of people here and there. There was nobody sitting on their own. Everybody was involved and engaged and connected. It was just something else seeing that and knowing that everybody's talking about the same topic. Everyone was deeply involved in sharing their experiences of their vacation rental businesses. And that's what made this weekend so exciting, dynamic and and just so interesting. So I'm not going to say a huge amount about what went on at the weekend um, because we will have a full set of videos available in about three or four weeks time because we had three cameramen there for the entire weekend and they covered absolutely everything. So all the keynote presentations were recorded, all the workshops were covered and and the guys were there throughout the, they were there Friday night as we were setting up. They were there all the way through the evening on Saturday and they interviewed a ton of people to get their feedback. I was in one room doing um, podcast interviews. I was doing little um, snippets four or five minutes with different people who just come come into the room, sit in the seat, and we'd have this great conversation about who they were and why they were there and what they were enjoying. And then in the room next to us were the, uh, were the video guys who were filming some testimonials. So I haven't even seen them. So that's going to be great when uh, when we get that all edited and and create and, and prepared for distribution. And when that comes out, everybody will know about it because it's going to be an amazing set of um, of videos. And I believe Michael's going to Mike's going to set it up in in some form of um, separate area uh, on the on the website. So. So you'll be able to, if, if you purchase the videos, you'll be able to go in and f- ju- just select which one you want to look at, which workshop, whether it's Matt Landau's presentation you want to take a look at or 
uh, Bob Jenkins on the digital landscape or Afton Negreas on Facebook ads. Whatever you want, you'll be able to go in, select that one, watch it. There will be all the handouts are going to be available too. So each one is going to be sort of like a mini course. So that's something we're really excited about and, and can't wait to have that prepared to distribute out to you. Do I sound excited? I found out this afternoon that I'm about to be a grandma again and that does make me excited. And no, 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 it's not Mike. Thank goodness it's not Mike. I (laughs) I shouldn't say that. I love my granddaughters dearly, but uh, it's time for my eldest son to, um, to share in the parental glory. And uh, his, so his son or daughter is going to be born in November. And I'm so excited for him. He lives in Berlin, um, so I'm not going to get to see them that often. But it really does ensure that I'm going to be heading across to Europe at least once a year from here on to see another grandchild. My goodness, life is so exciting. Um, I just wanted to share that with you because I have just got off a Skype call with my my uh, eldest son and and his wife and... Um, so I had to do this podcast, so I've still got that excitement in me. So bear with me if I sound a little bit, um, a little bit, um, tongue tied because I feel it a little bit at the moment. But what I wanted to do today is talk to you about what I took away from the Vacation Rental Success Summit. And it's mainly from the keynote presentations because I I didn't get to go to all the workshops. I have to wait for the video to come out as well to to see um, what was in those. I just heard from the feedback from people who were at the workshops that they were all really, really good and they got such value out of them. But I wanted to share just some some things that that really connected with me over the weekend. Um, So I have five takeaways um, to share. Number one is, I think what you know, because if you're listening to this, you are probably one of these motivated and committed people to the vacation rental industry. And that's what really, you know, my huge takeaway from this weekend was what fantastic people there are. Everybody who was there was I keep saying the word motivated because yes, yes, they were, everybody was motivated and enthusiastic. But dynamic was another word that came to me because there was, there was this energy and buzz in every room, in every um, collection of people as, as they all get together. And there were people from all over the world. We had, and I, I don't want, I was going to mention names in this in this um, audio, but then felt that if I didn't mention everybody, then somebody was going to feel left out. And and I didn't want that because I met so many people. I'd love to call you all you out by name, but I don't have the time for that uh, in, in, you know, for, for the purposes of this podcast. And, um, and I'm going to be, I'm going to be emailing everybody who is there personally over the next few days. So, um, yeah, I just didn't want to mention a few names and not everybody. So, but you know who you are if you came from Australia. 
If you came from New Zealand, if you came from Brazil, if you came from Rome, if you came from Paris, if you came from all over the US, and if you came from Canada. Uh, Oh, and UK, of course. And I will mention one name, one of the speakers, Andy McNulty. You'll know Andy from being on this podcast a couple of times before. Um, Andy flew out from the UK on Friday and he flew home again on Saturday night. He only stayed one day. And I, I that that blew me away that he just had one day to to spare and he flew out to Toronto to to share his expertise with us. He was doing a workshop with his business partner Jessica Vozell um, from Guest Hook, and they were doing that on copywriting. So just kudos to Andy McNulty for for coming all that way, and and then going back the following following night. So the yeah, my my takeaway that that number one takeaway really was about the people. If we hadn't had those amazingly supportive attendees who, because as you you know, this was the first effort for Mike and I. It was the first time we'd done this. We had really no idea what what the feedback was going to be. We figured that we'd, we'd put on a good show and we decided at the very outset that we were going to go 100% on quality because at the outset when we thought about venues and and my first thought because i think you know our first idea was that we're just going to do this for the ontario market and and i was all for well let's let's start low let's start with you know let, let's do it in a you know let's find a community center um, we can get some catering brought in and and we'll just have a few speakers and we'll do it on one day. And as you know, it it grew out of that and and became something much larger. And we said from there on that if we were having people flying in from all over the world, we had to make it really, really worth their while. So we wanted to make the you know, the whole event and the venue, top class. The only problem is, is that I, I was saying to Erica, who are who is our event organiser, I think we've raised the bar too high because we are going to have to go some to actually beat, uh, to, to make it any better next year. And I think it was Matt Landau who said in in an email that he sent out to all his followers way back in in late February early March when we started this and and he talked about the the beginnings of the women's movement and the meeting that was first had when 100 people came and he said and look at what happened to that movement where it went after that initial meeting with a hundred committed people taking part. And that's what we had. We had just over a hundred committed people who took part in this. And we're looking forward to the next event. And I had a sat down with Matt for 15 minutes. We had together on um, Friday evening um, or Saturday evening and said, he said, how many do you think you're going to get to the next one? And I said, well, you know, we've got a hundred, just over 100 here. I, you know, I think we'll shoot for two to 250. 
And he said, think 500. And that will be a minimum. And I said, you're joking. Are you, do you really think that? And he said from the people he had talked to, the people he knows weren't there and who would come to the next one, he said, yeah, go for the 500. And, and after the end of the weekend, I fully agree with him. So, so my take, that, that's my big takeaway, that from the first 100, this is going to be a revolution. We are going to take it to 2017 and we're going to take it to, that's our target, 500. So we don't know yet where uh, VRSS 2017 will be, whether it will be in Canada again or whether it will be in the US. And we'd love to hear from you um, with with your thoughts on it. But what I can say is that there will be a VRSS 2017 there's absolutely no doubt about it. So that's my first takeaway. This industry is full of the most amazing people. And when they get together, magic happens. So going to an entirely different topic for my second takeaway, it was that regulations, restrictions, bans in this industry are going to happen. If they're not happening in your area now, it's very, very likely that they will. And Matt Curtis, um, who is the Director of Government Relations at HomeAway, addressed us all on Sunday morning and talked in no uncertain terms about where the industry is in terms of regulations and restrictions. And he talked about well, what I what I really got out of this, and this is very pertinent to me because we are having these things happening uh, right the way across Ontario. And later in the day, we actually had a, a, a private meeting with Matt for all the Ontario um, delegates. And what he was saying is that the NIMBY fraternity, the Not In My Backyard fraternity, will always be there. And even if they're not in your area now, at any time in the future, somebody will be there to say, I don't want vacation rentals in my vicinity. And they are the ones that go to City Hall and make the noise. But they make the noise, and this is what Matt was saying, they make the noise without data to back them up. They will say things like, these, these people just let anyone in their vacation rentals. There's going to be parties and you know, wild parties and undesirable people coming into our neighbourhood. And they're saying that the, um, there will be no housing for people who are looking for long-term rentals because all the housing stock is going to be taken up by short-term rentals. They're using numbers, but they're not backed up by actual surveyable data. So the Matt's message, and it was a huge message for us, is that you have to get organized. You have to organize from within, from the vacation rental community 
and spread that out to the community beyond that, the community that is impacted positively by vacation rentals. As he mentioned, you know, if, if the baker, if your local bakery gets custom from your vacation rental guests, then go and talk to your baker and ask him to join your association, your association of vacation rental owners that will then be able to create a common voice and collect data that will support your argument that vacation rentals are good for your community and they are not the the dreadful thing that the NIMBYs are making them out to be. And his first suggestion was that you you do an economic impact study. And that will bring up the data. The sort of data that you need is how much in tourism dollars or pounds or what whatever currency you're in, how much money does vac- do vacation rentals bring into your area? How many people do, are actually employed because of the vacation rental industry? And he came up with some amazing figures from from places like um, like Orlando, where obviously there's going to be a a lot of um, a lot of money made out of the vacation rental industry. But he also ta- talked about tiny St. Joseph's in Michigan, where they did an economic data study um, that an, an economic impact study that showed that vac- vacation rentals had a massive impact on the economy of the area. If you're able to, sh- to, to collect that data and, and have that available for when the argument against vacation rentals is made to your local town hall or your community or, or your municipality, then you're going to have greater ammunition to fight back against those arguments. So having had the meeting with Matt, with the Ontario owners, um, we already have started a Facebook page. We're going to be developing a website and HomeAway is actually supporting us in that. And they're going to be funding an economic impact study for our area. So we're very, very happy about that. Um, Matt also made it very clear that this is not so much a, a HomeAway initiative as it is an initiative of all the interested Uh, OTAs and uh, listing sites, they have a vested interest in not having restrictions, regulations and bans. So, you know, getting involved like this doesn't mean you're, 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 getting in on HomeAway's side or, or whatever. Somebody mentioned, well, you know, I'm, I'm, so that was, uh, that that was an exciting development for us and uh, we're looking forward to getting our Ontario Vacation Rental Alliance up and running. So the third takeaway I got, and this is what everybody was talking about, is that video is essential. Um, for, for, for those who, who are in Matt's inner circle, Matt Landau's inner circle, or who get uh, are just on his mailing list, you can see how Matt uses video all the time now. He doesn't just post a blog post. It's always with a video introduction. I've been using, or I'm about to start using uh, Will Franco's digital handshake 
so that when we get a new owner onto our management program, I can send them a quick video and thank them very much for, for, for joining or, or just even thank them for if, if it's an initial inquiry. And for those who went to the workshop on video creation on Sunday afternoon, they all came out saying, oh my God, this is, this is it. This is the age of video. We must get this going. We must have video on our website. So when we think of video, we often think of, of doing the tour around the property and just, you know, videoing every room. But using video can be done in so many different ways. It can be, just as I mentioned, the sort of digital handshake, the video handshake, which allows you to put a face to the name for your guest inquiries. Or it could be you're just outside and, and seeing something in, the, in your community that you'd like to share on your blog. Just doing a quick video while you're out and about and just saying, hey, Guys, look, I'm standing in front of the new restaurant that's just opened. You know, let, let's take a close-up and have a look at the menu. It's just something like that. It's short, it's sweet, but it has that potential to really engage your, your, your visitors to your website. So, yeah, I definitely came away from that with the, with the takeaway that if you don't have video, at some point on your website or in your engagement with your your site visitors and your guests, then you're going to be beaten by your competition. And we don't want that. I mean, we are the at the leading edge. Those of you who are listening to me that came to the conference, you are at the leading edge of independence in the vacation rental business. So, get that video camera out or your iPhone or I've been doing video on my iPad. I'm much more comfortable now with um, with sort of setting up my iPad and doing a quick video and then using something like um, Wistia to store it. So uh, yeah, let's get going. Share your videos with me. Let, let me see what you've been doing. Uh, I'd love to see that. So my takeaway number four and this is something we talk about a lot, and it's that digital marketing is a huge part of our business now. Um, by digital marketing, I mean, yeah, video is part of that, but more so things like um, using landing pages, collecting email lists, doing newsletters, um, marketing online beyond your listing or beyond just a website. It's digital marketing is dynamic. It's, it's happening. It, you, you keep working at it. It's something that happens all the time. So, you know, it could be using Facebook ads or, or using Facebook to connect with your, with your audience, using any software, any platform to connect with your audience. That's part of the digital landscape. We are, constantly on tablets, on phones, uh, on laptops. Anything and everything that we do is connected to us digitally. So we need to be there up front, um, keeping up with technology. 
And I I won't accept. I I heard this a couple of times during the weekend, and I heard a couple of people saying, "I'm too old to take on board any new technology." I I don't listen to that. I can't accept that. I'm in my sixties. I do it all the time. I just have to, and I, you know, when I say I do it all the time, I take on board new technology all the time. You're never too old for this. And, you know, it really is good for your brain to keep it going, learn something new. One thing I would say, and this is what somebody said to me at the weekend, do it one at a time. Don't try to learn absolutely everything all at once. Just take on one project Get yourself really familiar with that one before you move on to the next, because it can be overwhelming. It can be overwhelming to have all these different new platforms come at you and people say, are you using Periscope? Are you using Blab? What about Snapchat? And, you know, well, I'm, I'll be quite honest. I haven't, I haven't really used Snapchat yet. And apparently that is the, the next big thing. I'm still trying to get to grips with Instagram, but I'm no different from anybody else. Do you know the majority of the population who who go about their normal working days and and don't have the involvement in in our industry don't know half of what we do. They haven't they wouldn't have a clue how to market in the way that we do already. So yeah, my my advice is to everybody: don't give yourself a hard time if you're if you're having a struggle with technology. Just take it one day at a time, one platform at a time, and don't beat yourself up about it. Number five of my key takeaways from the Vacation Rental Success Summit 2016 was that you don't pay enough attention to emergency management and disaster planning. The reason be, reason I say this, uh, I knew I wasn't going to get a lot of people to, to my workshop on that topic. And I was really surprised to have over a dozen there. Uh, I'd actually said to Mike, I said, look, you know, I'd really like it if no one came because then I could go and sit in on the video presentation or the video workshop or Mike and Mike's workshop he was doing with Jason Beaton on um, uh, creating a website. But no, I uh, and kudos to those who did come to the emergency management and disaster planning workshop because we learned a huge amount. One of the um, the people who was there was Ross Robertson. Who Ross was one of the sponsors. Ross Robertson Insurance, and Ross um, gave us some really really good advice about uh, about managing our businesses from an insurance perspective. So let me just. Um, you know, backtrack a little bit and just tell you what the my workshop was about. It it covered the three steps to emergency planning, which uh, I broke it down into three areas. The first one was self preparation, and that is about preparing yourself, your key stakeholders, um, your family, your employees for 
a whole range of different disasters. And we, we got brainstorming about the different things that could happen. And I said, this is what we do as a company, is that once a year we do sit down and we, we brainstorm, you know, what could go wrong this year? What things could happen that's going to cause us sleepless nights? And we, we go through things like, you know, and, and these, some of these things happened last year. We had a tree fall down on a, a guest's car at the cottage they were staying at and it wrote the car off. Now, three minutes earlier, the guest had been taking out some shopping from that uh, from, from the trunk of that car. So they, they we, we were all very lucky. They were very lucky and... Um, and so was the owner. Um, so the reason that tree fell down was because we had high winds. But of course, one of the things that was uh, the uh, the argument afterwards was was that tree rotten, and was the owner liable, or was this simply an act of God because the there was it, it was tremendously high wind that day. Um, it was a microburst came through that particular area, microburst being just short of tornado force. And if, if you know, the, the tree, in fact, had been a completely healthy tree and the insurance company deemed that it was um, it was simply the weather that had caused it, and the the owner's insurance met the met the claim, or I think the owner's insurance talked to the guest's insurers, and and they came to some agreement. The owner was not out of pocket in any way. So that was uh, that that was a a tough one and difficult one. We talked about bed bugs. We had a bed bug issue in one of our properties a while back. Fortunately, we have a very solid plan in place to deal with with this. Everybody in this industry should have a bed bug plan because you never know when that's going to hit you because people you have guests as long as you have guests who are coming who are bringing luggage, there is the risk that they will bring bed bugs to your property at some point. Now those bed bugs could appear at the time that those guests are there, or they could hang around and breed and and you may be none the wiser until you get the call from the guests saying they've they've been they've woken up in the morning and they've got bites. Um so it's a tough one. On this particular occasion that we had uh, had the bed bugs, we had a a a system in place, standard operating procedure. And this is part of this self-preparation that you you look at all these different situations that could arise and then you create standard operating procedures for each one. And I'll use the bed bug one as an example because it it's classic. So we get the call to say there was there were bed bugs. In our standard operating procedure, we have the um the contact numbers of the nearest pest controller. And because we have already spoken with these this this company and established what their reaction time would be to a call, we were able to get in touch with them, call them out and say, OK, we've got the bed bug issue, a bed bug issue in a property. You've told us you'll be, you can be there in 45 minutes. And sure enough, somebody was there 45 minutes later. 
with the first uh, first priority to establish whether these were were actually bedbugs or not. And in this case, they were. So from then on, we we have a procedure which which goes. We inform the owner. We let them know what's going on, and to let them know that they have an issue that they have to deal with. We then have a procedure which um, takes the guests through uh, getting their um, all their belongings cleaned um, and laundered, replacing their luggage because they can't take their luggage home with them. Unfortunately, in this situation, the uh, the bedbugs were, were confined to one room. And so it was only impacting one of the couples in this in this group. And they were very they were they were very good, very understanding. They could have completely freaked out, which they didn't. And and but we do have a our standard operating procedure covers freaking out as well. We know what to do and how to deal with it. On this occasion, we were able to offer them the options of going home and having all their money refunded um, uh, or going to another property. Uh, they, this, this group chose to go to another property and we just had to make sure that um, that the luggage um, that, that had been in that room had been replaced which we did as a company. We get we gave that to them from, um, free of charge. We didn't ask them to go and, and replace their own luggage. And we have other standard operating procedures that covers what happens if the guests want a refund or a rebate or are looking for compensation. So this is what self-preparation is, is, is about. It's creating the standard operating procedures and contingency planning. So we then moved on to property, uh, property preparation, preparing a property for uh, emergencies and disasters, and and that means making sure that you have um, all the safety equipment in place, and uh, thing, things in place to help guests out should there be a power outage, or if an, a, a major you know, if appliances should go wrong. You know, do do you have spares? What happens if the refrigeration if the refrigerator breaks down in the middle of a heat wave? Do you have a spare? Do you have um, coal boxes? Is there somewhere where they can go and get ice? So, all these things contribute to preparing the property. And then the third part of the um, what we call the preparation pyramid is preparing guests. Now. We don't want to frighten guests, but we want to make sure that in the event of an emergency, they know what will happen. So that that was the that was the major part of the emergency planning and disaster management workshop. And then Ross, as I mentioned, Ross Robertson from Ross Robertson Insurance, you know, he talked to us about liability, and some it was really really interesting that he was talking about things like you know how often do we say to a guest that the property is child-friendly or it's family-friendly. And do we put that in writing? Because the moment you've put something in writing like that, that your property is child-friendly, you are committing yourself really to, to something that could be brought up in a court of law. If So let's say a child who was staying at your place fell down the stairs 
tripped on the stairs and fell down. The argument could be made that the property was not child-friendly, maybe because there was not a stair gate or maybe there was um, the stairs were slippery and there could be an argument that that is not necessarily child-friendly. So I'm, I'm going to have a longer conversation with Ross about all these issues such as, you know, anything that we, we put down on paper, uh, we write down, or even that we say to a guest, we have to be so careful because if that causes them to choose this property because uh, of something that you have said and they later use that as an argument against you because something has occurred and there's been a slip and fall accident. We all know how how these slip and fall lawyers are out there waiting for these things to happen. Um, we we could be in in trouble. I I cited an ish, um, a case from one of our guests whose mother-in-law slipped on some stone steps and um, sprained her ankle. And the guest said that he was going to go to his lawyer because we had not told him there might be wet leaves on the steps in the rain and that they would be slippery. And we were able to, we were, we, we actually settled that one separately. It never did go to a lawyer but it was used to us by this guest to to demand a refund because the mother-in-law was not able to enjoy the vacation as she should have done because we didn't let them know that the steps might be slippery when wet. So we, I, I said to Ross, well, if we'd put this in our pre-arrival guide that you please be careful when you arrive at the property because these you know, leaves fall, through the um, through through the autumn, and and they might land on these steps, and then it might rain. And I said, if we say this, does that help? And he went quiet, and he said, probably not. So as I say, I'm going to have some discussion with Ross on this to see if we can um, sort out how best to avoid these things. But yeah, because. You know that there weren't that many people at that um, at that workshop. It could it could have been because emergency management and disaster planning is just not considered a priority. It's it's definitely not a not a sexy topic, is it really? And perhaps we we just don't want to think about the things that might happen. So for those of you who are members of the vacation rental formula, the emergency management and disaster planning action plan which we promised about two months ago, is, is going to be up on the site very shortly. And that will take you through all the um, self-preparation, property preparation, and guest preparation that you need to do. And it will have all the checklists and, and um, handouts that I gave out at the workshop. So those are my, I mean, there's a ton more takeaways. I mean, just so much from that event that. I could talk about here and I'm sure I could get, you know, I could get Mike on and he'd talk about something else. And if, if Matt was here, he'd be talking about something else. Um, I just selected those because those are sort of, um, on my mind. I made notes of them while I was there. 
But the videos from the um, the Vacation Rental Success Summit are going to be on sale in about three or four weeks' time. If you would like to um, pre-order a copy of the video of all the workshops, of all the presentations, and and some of the fun stuff that we did over the weekends, you can check it out too. You can pre-order by clicking on the link on the show notes. And Mike has set up a landing page and pre-orders of the video are at a special price. So please go there and, um, and check that out. So that's it for, for another week. Now, next week, I'm going to be, um, for next week, the podcast will be from the Vacation Rental Success Summit because we sat down... Mike and I sat down in a, in a little room on the Saturday evening. And, and as I said, we had people come in and out. And uh, so I'll be sharing some of that with you. So you get a little bit more of a flavor of what the event was all about. So for another week, um, now, now things are sort of quietening down a bit. I'll be get, heading off back to doing a lot more interviews And I met some great people at the weekend that I'm going to be interviewing very soon. So for now, thank you so much for listening. If you were there at the summit, please let me know what your key takeaways are. Just go to the show notes and um, and post them in there or send me a uh, or or, or just send me an email at heather at cottageblogger.com. And I'd love to hear what you found was your biggest takeaway. So for now, thank you so much. And... I will look forward to being with you again next week. This episode of Vacation Rental Success is over, but don't worry, Heather will be back soon. Want more great resources? Visit cottageblogger.com for tips, tricks, downloads, and strategies to help you achieve profit from your vacation rental business.